Hey friends, <clears throat> welcome to Lokathor's Audio Only uh, podcast. Oh yeah, it is a podcast. I, I somehow, for a moment, I thought that this was... I don't know. I mean, like, I literally hit record to record the intro for this podcast. And I'm like, oh, it's Lokathor's Audio Only experience? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, anyway, how you doing? Um... We're doing Planescape Torment again. I think this... Let's see. Okay, so so I've been doing Planescape Torment on odd days. Last one was the 15th, so this is the 17th. So I guess today is a Sunday morning. Um, I hope that you're having a good Sunday morning. And if you happen to be in some goofy country like Australia or something, who's like so far east, you're practically west, then... Um, it could be Sunday night for you already, or even later than that. I mean, I'm I, I'm not necessarily going to get my podcast listened to the exact instant it releases. So um, just whenever you're listening to this morning or evening of any day of the week, hi, welcome. Oh, wait, no, don't don't say hi. Hi, welcome was, was turned into like a weird, uh, uh, a sort of passive-aggressive meme at some point, didn't it? Um, hello. And uh, I hope you have a good time. Planescape Torment. Uh, anything else I'm supposed to say? Nope. Nope, I think we can get into it. All right. To the Alley of Dangerous Angles. We've not been here before, folks. We've been all throughout the hive. But this Alley of Dangerous Angles sort of goes between some portions of the hive. I'm gone. Um, let's see. Oh, we don't even have all the... We don't have all the, the map revealed here. Because this, this doesn't count as a city region, so it doesn't automatically reveal all the map. There's a ruined cathedral. How do we get inside? Oh. Oh. Click, click. It almost looked like I had a door. Oh, there we go. Okay, now we're in... Oh, this is a small dwelling. This is Aula? Uh, sure. We'll talk to Aula. Welcome to the Cathedral of Auskar. Have you come to worship Auskar with me? You can be his second disciple. Uh, I came seeking counsel concerning a box and a fiend. Explain to him your predicament. Aula seems to consider things for a moment and then speaks to you. I, a humble disciple of the great Auskar, can indeed help you. First, you must relinquish the box to me. Give him the box. Allah places Mordor's box within a wire pyramid-shaped structure and then mutters a prayer to Auskar. The familiar shimmering of a portal soon fills in the sides of the pyramid. Allah then casually reaches through the portal and flips open Mordor's box. You scream in an attempt to stop him, but are too late. Almost instantly, the box begins to disintegrate as a sticky smoke begins to fill the interior of the pyramid. A feeling of immense dread fills the room, and it is all you can do to keep yourself from bolting from the tent. You notice that the tendrils of smoke, as the tendrils of smoke touch the sides of the pyramid, they are drawn into the swirling vortex of the portals. As the last tendrils of smoke disappear, the feeling of dread passes. Aula smiles a bit nervously at you. Witness the power of Asakar. The Keeper of Gateways. 
I'm sure a fiend of such power that it required so many spells to contain it would have no problem finding its way back here. And when it does, it's going to be looking for you. I have taken that into consideration. You see, each side of the pyramid contained a portal to a different plane. In effect, I scattered its essence far and wide across the multiverse. Do you know there are races out there that consider demons a sort of delicacy? He begins to chuckle softly as he reaches into the pyramid and sifts through the ashes of the box, removing the gem that was attached to it. Payment for my services. I will use this to help rebuild my beautiful cathedral. Keep the gem. You've more than earned it. Farewell. Um, that's cool. Hmm. Let's go tell, um, that guy that gave us the box that we've solved this box situation. Oh, boy. We got interrupted by an NPC. Dark Alley Shiv. Greetings, stranger. Looks like you're in Dark Alley Shiv territory now. Looks like you got a purse that could use some lightning. You better pray it's got enough. Uh, how much do you need? It ain't much, he says menacingly. A mere ten pieces of jink will get you through. No way. Then you won't make it out of here alive. Let's just fight him. And, uh, let's see. I see three or four enemies. Oh, maybe five. Whoa, that's actually... That, like, like all of them after a second. Whoa. Whoa. Let's, uh, let's flee. Every single one of them eventually turned... Turned bad. Alright, that was a lot. That was more than our... Alright. Than our poor little defenses can manage. We, uh... We're level 5. Mort's level 4. Decon is a 4-3. <sighs> We're just not... And, and the, the problem is that Nameless doesn't have good enough armor class. His armor class is uh, 10. Uh, hilariously, armor class goes down in um, earlier versions of D&D, including this one. And it goes up in later versions of D&D. But... Uh, this is probably the worst place we have been in time. Oh, we gotta go to a different spot. Um. Oh, Dacon's hurt. Let's kill this hive thug and then rest. You see that? Come on. All right, whatever. Okay, hive thugs, you're getting on my nerves. If only there was some way to just make him realize that I'm going to kill them every single time. If only they had some sort of self-preservation system. Like a brain. Alright. Ah, I found Mar. Mars take on a wild look as he sees you approaching. In a high screeching voice, he asks, What are you doing back here? Don't come back till you deliver the box. I got rid of the box. It does me hot good to hear you say that. Before you kills me for the horrible deed of tricking you undertaking that box, please let me try to explain. I'm listening. Explain yourself. The long and short of it is that the box has been around long as anyone can remember us. 
Chatted some folks were fighting and they was done. A huge demon was imprisoned inside the box. Other folks say an evil wizard made it just for seeing others suffer. No one rightly knows what the truth behind the box be. But the owner of the box will die should it be opened. Uh, I don't want it. Why didn't the owner just put the box where no one could find it? Aye, seems it should have been as simple as that. But who among us could live with a death sentence lingering over their head? Would drive any sane man over the edge having to worry about the whereabouts of that damnable box at all times. So why me? At first, I haven't seen you around here before. You see, I needed a clueless Burke such as yourself to accept the box and become the new owner. Everyone around here knows not to take the box. Not for any price. Secondly, if you didn't examine the box when you had it, you would have noticed that whatever magics were placed on it were weakening. With me being the current owner and all, you can see that I needed to pass it on right quickly. Besides... If anyone looked ready to pass on the next realm, it was ye. You want to talk about passing on the next realm? Keep talking, you'll find all out about it. Obviously, I picked a cutter of no small means. Surely this has been but a minor inconvenience to one such as ye. I offer this uh, weapon and some jink to line your purse as a reward for your troubles. Uh, Tis all I own, and coincidentally, t'was what that rat Quatra used to get me to take possession of the box. <sighs> Give me my reward, and then leave. So, we get a hollow axe. Uh, it's a 1d8 slashing axe. Uh, it's, oh, it's got a speed of 3 instead of normal. But I, it's it's got axe proficiency, and I don't have axe proficiency. So, we're just going to throw it over in Mort's inventory. And, uh, we're just going to throw a bunch of stuff over to Mort. One of these days, we're going to have to clear out all this junk. Oh, wait. Uh, Dacon, I think. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Well, that's done with the Mars box thing. How long have we been going? Oh, not long at all. 53 minutes, and then, um... Well, sometimes I sit silently to myself today. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna trim the silence. So if I sit there with dead air like that, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna trim the silence. Um... Which is why there's no music. I might, I might put music, uh, some soft music... After... Like in post production, um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, heck, who needs music? Tell me if you care about the music or not. I bet, I bet Bill's gonna say they care about the music and that I should have done more production work. And then uh, I, f I feel like uh, Troy is just gonna be like, just do what you want, Lokathor. Just do whatever you want. And then, um, by the way, Troy, your your audio was good in your. Troy, friends, Troy has some backer exclusive episodes. If you sign up for Troy's for Troy's Patreon, and there was one um, I listened to it today. It came out like like seconds after Dan uh, Dan K put out the the Pokemon Silver episode that they did, and then like they posted about that, and I refreshed my podcast app thing so that it could download that, and then like seconds later, I got the email about. 
how there was suddenly also a Troy episode, which forced me to refresh the podcast status thingy all again. So coordinate that better, Troy, next time. Also, everyone that's not signed up for Troy's Patreon, go go sign up for, for Troy's Patreon. It's like $2 or whatever, and you get the back exclusive episodes, which in this case was Troy uh, just driving around town, talking about stuff, you know, saying normal things you'd hear a Troy say, like a cab, and then seeing a police officer having pulled people over for speeding, and then going through a really great scenario in their head where they would then also get pulled over, and then uh, it's just, you're great, you have to listen to the episode. I can't give away too many of the details. That would be improper, for because it's backer exclusive. Um, so go sign up for, for $2. I say yesterday. So I'm recording this the night before this episode comes out. Um, so I, the 14th, it, January 14th is when the episode came out. You're listening to this on the 15th. So, so, so I don't know. Anyway, um, let's see. There's someone here named Fleece. Let's have a look at him. I see a man who's looking at the buildings with some confusion. He looks lost and is mumbling to himself. Greetings. The man looks relieved. At last! I beg your indulgence, good sir. I seem to have gotten turned around in this maze of streets. He chuckles uncomfortably. <laughs> I'm afraid this area of the city is somewhat unknown to me. The residents seem most unwilling to extend aid to a visitor. He looks at you huffily. Could I prevail upon you to help me, perchance? Uh, certainly. Actually, I can say it depends on what kind of help you need, or certainly what are you, where are you trying to go. I'm going to say certainly. I'm assuming he wants directions. <clears throat> I seek the house of Aunt Margaret. She is reported to dwell in a house close to the mortuary, but the street layout seems to have changed since my last visit. Do you know of the house of which I speak? Uh, truth, I'm afraid that I've never heard of such a place. The man frowns at his appointment. Ah, I suppose it would have been too much good fortune to hope that you would know of such a place. He nods slightly and thanks. Well, I thank you for your time, good sir. It is most welcome on these streets. Farewell. You're about to turn away when you suddenly have a feeling that something is amiss. Suspicious, you glance at the man again, just in time to see him withdrawing his hand from your purse. You can't be sure, but you think he might have taken something from you. Ah, <gasps> uh, mmm. I can bait the man into pickpocketing you to pickpocketing me again and observe his technique. I'm gonna do that. I could grab his hand, I could say, hey, what are you doing? Or I could bait the man. I'm gonna observe his technique. You engage the man in light conversation and secretly study his movements. The man seems to rely on two things. One, pretending to be a high-class citizen out of his element to lower the target's guard. And two, distracting the mark by having the victim point out directions. When the victim turns to point at a street or landmark, the man skims the mark's purse and tucks items into his conveniently long sleeves. You make a mental note of his technique, just as he makes another grab for your purse. Grab his hand. You're not fast enough. He yanks his hand back before you can grab it. With a yelp, he bolts running down the street. Ugh, alright. Uh, I guess I can attack him? And he's sort of stuck against the wall? Let's, let's attack him and see what happens. Oh, we got our we got our money back. There's our there's our commons. Well, we got thirty commons, so I guess we got more than our money back. 
all right, we're gonna go to another. We're gonna go southwest. We're 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 filling up our inventory here, folks. That's that's the problem. Done. Let's go over to these markets and uh, talk to someone. See what we can sell. Now I'm sure one of these people, hive merchants. Uh, all right, here we go. So we're gonna sell a left arm number nine eight five iron pry bar wooden club hammer. Ancient Copper Earring Hollow, Corpse Fly Charm, Dustman Embalming Charm. I'm going to keep that. Dirty Rat Charm. Uh, some sort of stealth thingy. Bronze Ring, Copper Earring, Rusty Dagger Stiletto Knife, Bronze Bracelet, Rusty Dagger Jagged Knife. The Hollow Axe is kind of cool, but we don't have skills for that, so whatever. Um, it's Clipped Copper Piece. Uh, actually, I don't, it's worth 80 to sell, and it says that you'll get a copper blessing if you use it. I don't know, I'm just going to sell it. Um, we're going to sell all 10 bronze rings and all 10 copper earrings. Wow, we are getting rich, friends. Rune of Armor, Silver Ring, Rune of Greater Warding, Green Steel life, Knife. All these Rusty Daggers are worth one each. So, this Magus Guard is interesting. Primarily because it gives you AC6. So, if we were, if we were leveling up as a mage, we would, we would definitely put it on. Um, Dirty Rat Charm. Oh, yeah. Sell all the dirty rat charms. All right. We're at 28.29 gold, friends. Before we were at, like, 400. Now we're at, like, a freaking million. Uh, let's go back. See what other Hive Northwest area things we got. Uh, over at 19.8, there's an interesting... Interesting thing. Let's see. Oh wow, there's a lot of a lot of hive thugs active in this area. Uh oh, nope. Promise that the hive thugs run off and then your characters like give chase because the AI is like, oh I'm I'm fighting a target, I gotta give chase. Except um the like normally when it when a thing runs away it runs like 10 feet or whatever because you're in a dungeon because this game is designed to play dungeons and dragons um but when it when you have to chase someone across an entire city it's just annoying so this this fine dweller of the hive i guess he is some sort of commoner merchant type person his his icon is not holding any weapons uh, Porphyron. Every inch of this man's skin is covered in a web of black lines. It's as if some artist chose to accentuate every creature in his flesh with a quill pen. The overall effect is such that even when his face shows no expression, it appears to be frowning. Every... I said accentuate every creature in his flesh. 
It was supposed to every every crease in his flesh. Oh, I'm I'm a dummy. I'm a dummy. Greetings. This one has a name. This one is called Porphyron. The man's voice is like a gong. As he speaks, the lines of his face bend and settle into a series of spherical patterns. This one would know. Why do you address this one? I wanted to ask you some questions about the city. This one would have you know. This one cannot answer your questions. The lines on his face twist into angles and then split into a mess of scribbles. This one has only recently stepped foot in this place of walls. All right, then. Uh, but I have to ask you, why do these lines upon your face move? The lines show anger. Do you take offense? The lines slowly straighten, forming into gentle curves. No offense was meant. Will you accept the many apologies of this one? No offense taken. Why were you angry? This one tells of recent events. Did you know this one was beset by three? The three demanded an item of this one. This one feared an attack. What does this one do? This one surrendered the item. Well, you're right to be afraid. If there were three, then they might have killed you had you not given up the item. This one has been misunderstood. The lines in his face become angled, then smooth in the curves again. This one did not fear being killed. This one feared killing the three. Well, if you could have killed them, why did you let them rob you? This one walks the path of a warrior. Many weapons have walked with this one. The fist, the blade, the stab, the hatchet, the smiter. These tools are all known to this one. That's not much of an explanation. Again, if you're a warrior with that much training, why do you let them rob you? This one is forbidden to attack. The lines ripple across his face as he speaks. If this one had struck at the three in anger... The vow of non-violence would be unmade. Vow of non-violence? You're a warrior and a pacifist? This one is unfamiliar with your speech. What is passivist? Never mind. Why did you train so much if you're not permitted to attack another? This one is of the order of Eret Age. We await the final days where all will be called to battle. The training and skills are of this one. They are to be kept silent until then. In the meantime, you will let yourself be robbed in the street without defending yourself? This one will clarify. The item is of value. The discipline of the Eretage is of greater value. Since you won't fight, any chance you could talk these thieves in, into returning your item? This one addresses the three thieves. What happens? The requests of this one are met with scorn. The three will not return the item. Hmm... I could go see if I could get the item back for you. This one must ask, would you bring violence to the three that have robbed this one? Uh, not if I can help it. This one fears. A message absent of violence will not be understood. The lines in the man's face form into a series of ellipses. This one is not opposed to you trying. All right, then. What is this item you've lost? This is the item, a rope of black and red prayer beads worn about the neck. The worth of these beads is not measured in copper. The worth of these beads is measured in faith. All right, then, I'll see if I can find this necklace. Do you know where these three thugs might be? This one knows where the angry words were traded and the item lost. By the bar that burns inside, the three were outside the place, 
dressed in black and red. All right, three robbers dressed in red and black outside the Smolding Crofts bar. I'll go find them. Farewell. All right, well, we're familiar with the Smoldering Corpse Bar. We've been there before. That's where we met Dakon, remember? Dakon, you're so cool. Mort, Mort, you're cool, too. It's just, you know, we kind of we meet you at the start of the game, so we don't, we don't have fond memories of the mortuary. But Mort's a sweetie pie. He's always, like, being from Jersey. It's great. Um... Hey, look, it's the Smoldering Corpse Bar. This is probably we can be in Sigil at the worst time. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, so I'm outside. Um, I'm not seeing. There's some people in yellow. Oh, that's a harlot. That's a hive dweller. That's an angry hive dweller. This is a hive thug. He's kind of wearing red. All right, I'll talk to him. You see a heavy set looking man. He has a stone faced expression. Greetings. The man looks at you for a moment, grunts, then raises his hand, revealing a wicked dagger. He smiles evilly and begins twirling it in a menacing arc. Uh, farewell. Oop, oop, they're already fighting us. Uh, okay. So. You see that? Hey, we gotta we get some criticals. You see that? Mort uh, levels up as a fighter, but he's uh, also got like he's a little tiny floating skull, so his AC is really good. Um, so you just get this very dangerous. Hmm. Uh. Hmm, I didn't pick up anything. This is Chekhlai. That's a hive thug. Rock sings true. Oh, we got a claw charm from that one. Hmm. Oh, these guys are wearing red. Oh, but there, there's some more hive thugs first. You see that? Die. Um, one thing that doesn't happen in, or at least uh, that uh, doesn't appear to be happening in Planescape Torment, but that does happen in uh, the Baldur's Gate games, is that if you kill someone by enough damage, it uh, basically sets, sets phasers for gore, and their body explodes rather violently everywhere. Um, and it's hilarious. And, ooh, we got ten plot charms. Alright, so, these guys are in red and black. Let's talk to them. This heavyset thug is swathed in rags, dyed red and black. He looks like he is made almost purely of muscle. He glowers as you approach. Greetings. And how can I help you then, governor? This man's face breaks into a sneer. Looks to me like he needs a healer. The ones you... You the one... You one of the ones who robbed a monk in the hive? Took his prayer bead necklace? Some saw line scrawled all over his face. Claimed he could have put us all in the dead book. Yet, lets us bob him blind. The man gives a slow, toothless smile. 
Never even heard of such a sort, I haven't. Maybe you'd better come back. Maybe you'd better give back his necklace before I put you all in the dead book is one option. I can lie, but we don't lie because we're lawful good. So, so that means, that means telling the truth and stabbing someone to death instead of lying and not killing people because this game only cares about alignment across one axis at a time. And thus lies are always lawful. Or uh, lies are always chaotic. Or are they? Uh, perhaps we can come to an agreement. The necklace is of no value to anyone, not of his order. Perhaps I could buy it from you. Sure, we got 2,800 gold. Maybe we'll offer to buy it. The man frowns. No, I'm attached to what I am. Can't let it go. Except for a hefty bit of coin. Say 15 copper? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was willing to pay up to 40, so 15 sounds fine. Done. All right, then. It's a deal. Here you go. All right. We got some experience for buying the, um, Duh. buying the necklace. We, uh, I don't know if the experience is just for progressing a quest or if the experience is for buying the necklace and progressing it non-violently. Um. Done. Oh, gotta fight some hive thugs. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's go to Perfion. I forget what his name was. Porphyron. You see Porphyron. He is standing grimly in the street. Paying no heed to the passerby, the web of lines in his face are staggered into a series of right angles. This one addresses you, Perforon. As you speak, the angles in Perforon's face relax into a series of strange curves. This one would ask, do you have the neck rope of beads that was stolen? Uh, I think so. Is this it? You s this one sees what you hold. Those are the beads once missing. He takes them from you. You notice his hands have the same tracery of lines upon them as his face. This one has a question. How did you get the beads from the three? I purchased them. This one would know. One who fights with coin carries a name in the order of Eret Age. Porphyrin's face breaks into angles again. Those ones are called merchants. It is a path without discipline and without honor. Hmm. If you were a true warrior, you would learn to use every weapon at your disposal. That's a good reply. If you're gonna, t if the guy's gonna be like, ah, I learned how to use all the weapons, and then I don't use money, and then you're like, oh, you gotta use every weapon. That's good. I like that bit of writing. This one bestows apologies. This one meant no offense. The angles on Porphyron's face sharpen acutely, then slowly curve into ripples. This one bestows several welcome thanks for your service. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. I think I have a question for you though. If you cannot enter combat. How did you get your warrior training? This one clarifies. The Eret Agate may train where with one when there is no anger between them. I see. Could you teach me how to use those weapons? This one would instruct you, yes. But this one warns you, with knowledge of violence comes temptation to use it. I sure hope so. This one speaks. Is it your will to leave behind your previous profession? 
The path of the warrior cannot be walked with an unfocused mind. I have no profession other than fighting at this moment. I would walk the path of the warrior. This one will instruct. The lines on his face fold into triangles. These things comprise the angles of your training. Focus, experience, proficiency. I don't understand. Can you explain? <clears throat> this one will speak first of focus. For teaching to take root, you must have focus. You must be committed to the path of the warrior. The warrior is your profession, no other. Understood. I can only be the fighter class if I want to learn about weapons. What is the next angle of training? Updated my journal. This one will speak of experience second. True knowledge of combat comes only with experience. There is limit to how much weapon instruction one may absorb. When you reach new level of art in warrior, when you reach new level in art of warrior, it may be you are ready for new instruction? Question mark. Understood. There's a limit to how much I can learn at first, but this limit may increase when I reach a new level. Uh, what is the next angle of training? Oh, okay. So they're describing the proficiency point system. So there's like weapon categories, and you have different proficiency levels in different categories. And when your fighter, le when your level isn't high enough, even if you have proficiency points to spend, you can't keep dumping them into the same proficiency type. I follow. Understood. There's a limit to how much I can learn at first, but this limit may increase when I reach a new level. What is the next angle of training? This one will speak of proficiency third. There is only so much one may learn about any weapon. This one would, t would add, there is only so much that this one can teach. Knowledge of the weapon comes at three levels, the ignorant, the proficient, and the specialized. There are levels between each of these in which the student has surpassed previous learning, but has not yet truly reached the plateau of the next skill. What are these levels? The level of the ignorant is this. When one does not know the weapon they use, the attack is clumsy. The damage is much less than its potential. Sounds like when I awoke in the mortuary slab. Go on, what's the next level? The level of the proficient. The level of the proficient is this. When one has learned a weapon, he is said to be proficient in its use. His attacks are no longer clumsy. They come swiftly and surely. Updated and the level of the specialist? The level of the specialist is this. When one goes beyond proficiency, he becomes specialized in use of the weapons. The weapon is no longer tool, but extension of will. All right, I understand. What well, can you teach me of weapons? This one was trained in the hand, the blade, the staff, the hatchet, and the smiter. Of which would you know? Hmm. No instruction today. I may return when I wish to learn more. Let's just double check. So we got a bone dagger. It's, uh, it's a plus one dagger. And... We have fist proficiency, edged weapon proficiency, and four unused proficiency points. So, yeah, the maximum is five in a single in a single weapon category. So we can get edged weapons to level two. Because we'll get more point. We'll get more unused slots later. This one addresses you. Uh, I would learn more of weapons. I wish to know about daggers. One who would use the dagger, it strikes swiftly. The damage it does is the slash of a claw or the piercing like a needle. The damage is determined by the type of dagger. Do you wish to use a portion of your talent to attain the level of the proficient in this weapon? Uh, no. 
The proficient fish, daggers, clubs, axes, hammers. I guess, I guess, the yes, I wish to use learning to use this weapon. Journal. This one will instruct you. First, stand like so. This one compliments you. The knowledge comes to you swiftly. You take instruction well. Thank you. That is all I wish to know today. All right, so... All right. Unused slots three, edged weapons level two. So it looks like we get plus two to hit and plus two to damage. That's cool. That's more than I thought. I thought it was going to be plus one to hit. Um... What's our... Our Thacko is 16. Well, one and a half attacks. Alright, whatever. Um... So... Mm-hmm-hmm. Alright, we're checking out the Flophouse. Arlo? What'd you do getting in this game, Arlo? I thought you was on the YouTube. That's right. You see a short, balding man standing up with services the foyer to this ramshackle flop house. His bushy brows are furrowed in concentration as he picks at what appears to be the scabs on his large, bulbous nose. I can say greetings. Normally you can say, like, leave the person alone, but this time it's leave the man to his hygiene and explore the room. I'm going to say greetings. The man doesn't bother to look up. Instead, he continues to stare cross-eyed down at his nose. Yeah? What do you want? Uh, I had some questions. Well, ain't that nice? He flashes you a sarcastic yellow tooth smile. And I'm sure you'll find your answer someday, but I've got me a business to run. So if you don't want a bed, then I suggest you pike off. I see. Can I have a bed then? Sure you can, Burke. If you got the jink for it, nobody puts up here for free. Except old Nestor over there. And that's only because no one's addled or covered enough to mess with him. Tell me about this, Nestor. Nestor's that balmy old sod in the corner there. He hikes his thumb over his shoulder toward the back of the room. Watch your step around him, Burke. He's not right in the head. Always rattling his bone box about his fork and all. I wish someone would do us a favor and gets rid of him. Why don't you get rid of him yourself? You don't think I've tried? I have. And looks what I got for me effort. He leans his face forward and points to the bleeding scabs on his nose. The balmy sod nearly bit me nose off. I could get rid of him for you. Tell you what, Cutter. If you can get rid of him for me, you can stay here for free as often as you like. Deal? Uh, fair enough. I'll Updated do it. my journal. Well, don't just stand there, Gawk, and get to it. All right, so where is this Nestor? Ah, here we go. He's in the upper left. You see an aging man in soiled and tattered clothes frantically pacing in the corner. His shocks of filthy white hair... Oh, his shock of filthy white hair sticks out in every direction, and his face, encrusted with dirt, streaks of dried blood, is covered with gray stubble. Every few seconds he stops pacing and flails about suddenly, muttering and cursing as if assaulted by some unseen foe. He does not seem to notice your approach. Greetings. At the sound of your voice, the old loon whirls around to face you, his wide, staring eyes bulging in their sockets. He regards you for a brief moment, then returns to his raving. No, 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 it's not you. <laughs> but soon. Yes, soon. Are you the one they call Nestor? The old man seems oblivious to your present. <laughs> you'll come. <laughs> yeah, you'll come. And old Nestor will be waiting. Waiting? Who are you waiting for? Waiting? Yes! 
He suddenly plops down on the floor, as if overcome by exhaustion. Long have I waited. Waiting. Takes a deep breath. Springs back to his feet. Wait forever if I have to. Do you hear me? Are you all right? No! Nestor's face turns beet red and his whole body shakes in protest. My fork! I can't leave without my fork! <laughs> fork! Fork, fork. Your fork? Fork! Fork, fork! Can't go home without my fork! Nestor's frenzy reaches a violent crescendo. He begins hopping up and down maniacally, so then suddenly stops, lowers his head, and runs headlong into a large wooden cupboard that stands against the back wall of the flophouse. The force of the impact knocks the old man flat in his back. After a few seconds, he stands back up, a dazed expression on his face. Gone. Stolen. Can't go home without my fork. Stolen, you say? Who took your fork? Nestor stares at you for a long moment, then begins rummaging through the pockets on his filthy tunic. After a few seconds, he produces what appears to be a, a dismembered ear. Judging by the stench and color of the ear, you'd wager that the old loon has been toting it around in his pocket for some time. You have my fork, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> he holds back the ear, close as if speaking to it. Bring back my fork. If I could find you a fork, will you leave? Wait, 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 waiting! Woohoo! He shakes his ear violently as he shoots into it. Until you bring it back, then I can go home. Uh, right. I'll find your fork then. Hmm. Alright. Well, let's have a look around this area. Oh, there's a person named One Ear. If we hold tab, it shows... Remember, you hold tab, and it'll show the names of all the different NPCs around. And one of them's named One Ear, so that's kind of a clue. You see a shady-looking fellow standing before you, picking his teeth with what appears to be a tiny metal fork. His chest is covered by patchwork armor adorned with large spikes, and a long knife hangs at his side. You notice he is missing his right ear. Updated my journal. Greetings. He regards you coolly from the shadows, as if sizing you up. I had some questions for you. The one-eared tiefling scowls at you, threatening, Pike off, Burke, or I'll take your guts for goddess. How did you lose that ear? What did you just say? His right hand drifts to the hilt of his knife. Just curious, behind every scar is a good tale. As you can see, I speak from experience. Aye. It do look as though you've seen your share of slashing. He manages a small chuckle, then runs his fingers across the scar on the side of his head. At least you still have both ears. What happened? A while back, I bobbed an old petition of sod. His face takes on a sullen expression as he begins to relate the tale. The silly blighters wouldn't go along with it. Uh, let me guess. He bit your ear off, so you clubbed him senseless and peeled his fork. Am I right? I don't know what you're talking about, Burke. He glares at you angrily. Now I suggest you get your mangled carcass out of my sight before I carve my name into you. Certainly. Just give me the fork you stole from him, and I'll be on my way. With a flash of movement too quick to follow, he whips his knife from its sheath and begins waving it menacingly before you. Why don't you come and take it from me, Burke? Why don't you put that blade away before you get hurt? You sure do have a sharp tongue, Burke. I think I'll cut, uh, cut it out and feed it to you. He lunges at you, his knife leading the way. So, uh, defend yourself. 
now we can, uh... Oop, he's dead. I was gonna say we could, we could fight him. Small steel fork, high quality stiletto. Oh, it's just basically a normal dagger. It's, it's what every other version of D&D would call a normal dagger. But I guess the city of Sigil, everything is so garbagey here in the hive that a normal dagger counts as high quality. Which uh, has a certain interest, a certain storytelling through game mechanics. The old man... Oh, here we're talking to Nestor again. The old man stops his frantic pacing and glances at you nervously. Fork? 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 Can't go home without my fork! Is this the fork you speak of? Nestor hastily snatches up the fork. My fork! My fork! 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 fork. Woohoo! He hops up and down excitedly, waving the fork back and forth in an elaborate pattern above his head, as if he were performing some sort of ritual. Now I can go home! Farewell! Woohoo! Farewell, Nestor. Nestor turns to leave, then... As if struck with some afterthought, he turns back around hands you a scrap of something soft and rubbery. The severed ear. Upon closer examination, you notice that there is an earring still dangling from it. <laughs> Pocket the earring and discard okay, the rotting piece of flesh. Uh, we got an obsidian earring. Uh, uh, special plus 10% stealth skill bonuses. Usable only by thieves. Oh! Well, that's nice. I'm going to give it to Dakon. I don't... I'm gonna look... We have that cobblestone from forever ago. How can we... <clears throat> yeah, here's the searcher. See, oh... Cobblestone. The cobblestone has no known uses. Um, well, then we're gonna leave it on the ground. Uh, actually, the high-quality stiletto we're probably going to sell. So we'll have Dak on hold stuff that's not really for selling. And then we'll have Mort hold the stuff that's mostly for selling. Oh, there's a... Let's see. We can talk to Arlo now. Sinestro's gone home, eh? Maybe that El Sa wasn't so bomby after all. Gives you a hearty slap in the back. Now, maybe you can get all some rest around here. Feel free to set up Kip here anytime. My journal. All right. Well, we're actually going to rest because Dekon's a little bit injured. 